Good morning, everybody. Welcome to worship. Pastor Doug here. Today we wrap up uh, week four of Love Revolution. My question for you is, how's that revolutionary living and loving going? Have you ever considered yourself a revolutionary? I'll be honest, I haven't. But uh, as we begin and as we continue exploring the Beatitudes and this whole notion of living differently, living in a world upside down that uh, Jesus introduced, I'm beginning to kind of get the idea that uh, they're one and the same. Being a follower of Christ and being a revolutionary, well, just hold on. We're going to explore that later on this morning. Um, how did we get to where we are? I mean, how did we find ourselves at Matthew 5 and Jesus uh, teaching the Beatitudes? Of course, Jesus didn't say, hey, everybody, gather around. I'm going to teach you guys the Beatitudes. Let's back up just a little bit into uh, to Matthew 4. And uh, Nick's done a great job of kind of setting the stage for us. But I just want to remind us, especially if maybe today's the first time you've been with us, that um, this moment of teaching is essentially one of the very first acts of Jesus' ministry. Um, Essentially, what's going on in Matthew 4 is uh, what you might call in today's language <laughs> the rolling out of Jesus' ministry. Uh, he leaves Galilee. He heads out, out into the world. And Matthew four seventeen says, uh, From that time on, Jesus began to proclaim, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Then the next uh, section of verses is basically the very beginning of Jesus' invitation to people to lay down their nets, lay down whatever they're doing, and following him. So he's starting to build his team. And as best as we can tell through the text of Matthew, he has two or three or maybe four followers at this time. Then the next section Matthew gives us is a summary of what has just happened. Hear this. Jesus went throughout Galilee teaching in the synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, curing every disease and every sickness among the people. So his fame spread throughout all of Syria, and they brought to him all the sick, those who were afflicted with various diseases and pains, demoniacs, epileptics, paralytics, and he cured them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. End of chapter 4. Chapter 5, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying. So here's what I want you to consider. In a section, I'll, in a moment, I'll read uh, the specific beatitude that we're going to explore today. But get your head around the fact that Jesus is just beginning, according to Matthew, his ministry. He has been amongst the people. He has a handful of followers. He has had what I would consider maybe his first experience of being up close with all sorts of people. So he goes up a hill, sits down. His followers are right there. Um, you know, and um, I noticed the other day some of our families are going to uh, freshman orientation. In a way, you might say this was freshman orientation. He has these brand new followers. He's had this first time experience with them, with the people. And he sits down and says, you know, guys, I think we need to go over some things. And he spends the rest of Matthew 5 basically orienting his followers to who he is, what he's about. Um, and it begins with what we call the Beatitudes. The one we're going to focus on this morning is 
Number nine, Matthew 5, 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Peacemakers, peacemaking, what's that all about? And man, are you a, are you a peacemaker? A couple of important things that we need to get our head around. In that time, the people would have understood peace through the, uh, the lens of the uh, Hebrew culture, which essentially defined peace as shalom. What is shalom, you say? Well, it is when uh, things between me and my neighbor are all good and right and as they should be. When things are good and right and as they should be between me and God. And then third, when all is right and as it should be between me, my neighbor, and God. So when you were wished shalom or told shalom, what the, uh, the invitation was that it is my hope and prayer for you that all is right and good with your world, with you and God, with you, God, and neighbor. So use that as you're beginning to contemplate, then what does shalom making look like? And what's your part and what's my part? The other key word in this is making, peacemaking, shalom making. Making implies it is a process. It is an act. It is a choice. It is active doing creating. It's not a one-time reaction to uh, anger or conflict or fear where you step in and go, hey, I'm here. I am peacemaker. No, it is um, an active way of doing and engaging in life. So my, convert, my uh, question for you this morning is, is that doable? Can you do that? Can I do that? Um, is it an option? Is it a thou shalt, we got to do? I don't know. Let's have a prayer and begin to unpack this some more. What do you say? Gracious God, help us to, uh, to come to this moment, this, uh, this opportunity to learn with fresh eyes, fresh ears, and an open heart. In your name, amen. So what are we supposed to do with this? Are we supposed to read this uh, as a, uh, a commandment? Are we supposed to uh, read this as a thou shalt? You know, I'm not sure. Some say that uh, uh, the Beatitudes are both uh, descriptive and prescriptive. Well, what's that mean, Pastor Doug? Well, descriptive meaning that they are about the condition of the kingdom of God, that this is what, as you know, remember, Jesus is orienting the folks, his brand new uh, teachings about the kingdom. This is what the world that I am about is going to be like. Now, this is contrary to everything that's going on in the culture and with the people and uh, folks around him and them. So he's introducing a whole new way of being. Prescriptive being, meaning, am I supposed to read this and imitate this way of life? That's for you to decide. You know, as you read the Beatitudes, the first four go one way, the second four go another way. The first four affirm that experience that he had just had with uh, folks of all kinds, folks who had been neglected, downtrodden, disposed, uh, probably uh, not held in very high esteem. And he was saying, no, in the kingdom of God, you will be high and lifted up and elevated. The next four are about my and your and others' hearts. 
what's our disposition supposed to be as we go about being participants in this kingdom building enterprise. So thinking about that and wondering about that, I want you to ask yourself again, are you, uh, are you up for this? Are you up for being a shalom maker, peacemaking? Are you up for that being a part of your uh, day-to-day life? Do you and I, if we say yes to this, do we have some uh, implicit or implied or very direct responsibility? Or can we just kind of go, well, that was a really nice Bible study, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on my way. I got to tell you, I think that I and maybe some of us have also throughout time looked at this as a suggestion. We have um, not taken it really terribly serious. I mean, we, we affirm it and we think it's a great idea, but we live as if there is a loophole or some fine print that says, well, God didn't say we had to do this. This isn't a Ten Commandment kind of thing. This is just a suggestion. Does that step on your toes a little bit? It does. It does mine. I'm conflict averse, and I, uh, in whatever shape or form it comes. And so the whole notion of uh, being action-oriented towards peacemaking uh, kind of gives me pause, gives me reason uh, to push back. I want you to think for the rest of this time together about what is your attitude towards peacemaking, and are you up for it? Have you signed up for it? And uh, are you ready to do it? Secondly, I want us to think about um, then and now. Has there ever been a time in our world that has not needed peacemaking? You know, maybe uh, in the very, very beginnings of time when there weren't a whole lot of folks uh, doing life together. But I think ever since people introduced or came up to the scene, there's been conflict, fear, rage, power, so forth and so on. And there has been a need for us to live into shalom, where all is right with me and God and my neighbor. Would you agree? I read an article the other day in the newspaper, I think it was, that talked about this is the age of rage, as if this was a brand new thing going on in our world. And um, I would imagine that that context has been true uh, for a whole long time. Maybe not back, you know, who knows, in the make-believe world of uh, Andy Griffith and Mayberry, but we know it to be true now, don't we? Think about the last time you turned on the news or looked at the front page of the paper or just even entered into a conversation. In any big metropolitan town right now, there is a lot of rage. There is uh, road rage, there is domestic rage, there's workplace rage, uh, school place rage. Man, a lot of folks, a lot of anger, a lot of hurt, a lot of abuse, a lot of access to things that can uh, hurt other people. So yeah, do we need to uh, be peacemakers? Absolutely. So here's my question for you. I'm gonna come back to this again. If you and I say that we are followers of Christ, that we have raised our hand or raised our heart or said I'm all in, does that mean then that we are also peacemakers? I'm going to preach from now to the end of this time together under an assumption that the answer to that is yes, that those are one and the same, that um, it's pretty uh, clear that those of us who say yes to Christ are also saying yes to the commitment to being 
peacemakers. I'm not going to quote the exact verse where these are from, but I'm going to just kind of drop into your consciousness for a minute some of the different teachings that Jesus or Paul or others have uh, invited us to adopt. And you tell me whether or not these add up to um, a peacemaking mentality. Have the same mind as Christ. Okay. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Love your neighbor as yourself. Be angry, but do not sin. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Uh, math is not my forte, but I think if you add those all up, it equals uh, a peacemaking mentality, which is at the heart of being a follower of Jesus the Christ. Well, how does all this affect your life and my life day to day? So I'm going to operate under the assumption that as a follower of Christ, you and I are engaging the world in peacemaking. Uh, we have our handy little set of flashcards with all of these teachings on it, and um, sun comes up and then it's a new day, right? Every day is a new opportunity to live into these teachings and this mindset of being a, uh, a peacemaker. So what do I do? Do I just wait for it to come to me? Um, that's one thing you could do, right? You can just be present in the moment, you and I. We can be attentive to um, opportunities to do just that, to be a peacemaker. I think that perhaps we also are called to go beyond that and to seek out opportunities where our faithful witness can engage a conversation or a dialogue in peacemaking. What is this peacemaking you, you speak of? Well, I think it's where you or I value, listen, and respect others, right? You and I both know that um, our world is in need of that. So what does that mean, Doug, to, to value and respect others? Well, you tell me. What does it mean? How do you know if you are valued and respected? It's the little things. Eye contact. Hey, tell me your name. I listen to you. I respect you. I acknowledge your presence. That's just for starters. I don't judge you by your outward appearance, your clothing, anything about you. I affirm in my head and in my heart that you are a beloved child of God, worthy of his love and worthy of my time in our conversation. That's just for beginning. That's a big, just, that should just be a, a, like a default go, right? That in our peacemaking mindset, everyone, regardless of who, where, what, when, why, and how, is worthy of our time and our conversation. I believe that as a follower of Christ, friends, that we, um, we have an obligation, uh, an expectation, if you would, to take this seriously, to be a peacemaker. We are uh, called to do this. We are gifted to do this. We are able to do this. So tell me, what, what's holding us back? You and me, we read that, and what is the, what's the loophole? What are, we, what are we afraid of? Are we afraid of getting hurt? Are we afraid of turning the other cheek? Um, I guess the conundrum that I want us to uh, just explore and maybe to kind of suspend here at the end of the sermon is, um, if we say we're followers, uh, ought we be peacemakers? And if we're not being peacemakers, why not?
because we are gifted to do that. We have the intellect to do that. We have the community to do that. Friends, join me in renewing your commitment to go out into the world, wherever you find yourself, gosh, at home, at school, at work, uh, in a commute, to have a peacemaker mentality where all is right with you, your neighbor, and God. I know we can do it. Join me as we go forth. Let's have a prayer. Gracious God, we thank you, we think, for this opportunity to learn more about your expectation of us, your teaching of what it means to be a partner with you, building the kingdom of God. God, I confess on mine and our behalf that um, this notion of being a peacemaker is a bit daunting and uh, a bit off-putting. And um, I'm not sure that I'm equipped for it, but I know that you love me and I know that you give me what I need in each situation. So be with us now as we go forth into the world with new strength, with an open ear, an open heart, and an open mind. In your name we pray. Amen. Friends, thank you, as always, for all the different ways you give to the ministry of Treach, whether it's through your time or your talents, your gifts, your service, your tithes. Thank you. You'll notice on the screen a QR code. It's pretty simple. Click on that. It'll take you directly to... Uh, the page where you can give online. And again, thanks for being here. Thanks for worshiping with us.